G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another Sports by Fry podcast here on Thursday morning about 9.30 WA time with plenty to unpack. The AFL rumour mill has kicked into overdrive with a trade period nearly upon us. NBA preseason buzz is alive and well and there's plenty happening in the NFL as well. So I'm going to start with probably the biggest story trending in Australian sport right now. Might be a bit of a stretch but... Tim Kelly has nominated West Coast as his preferred club for 2020 and has requested a trade from Geelong. This is not really spectacular news. A lot of people expected Tim Kelly to announce his intentions to return to WA. I was a bit surprised that it came out. It probably wasn't meant to, let's be honest. Uh, Over the last 24 hours, Geelong has their best and fairest count, I think, tonight. Actually, Thursday night. So I thought... We might hear something about this uh, after that and throughout the weekend, but we've known for a while now that TK was desired a move back home, and West Coast, I can't argue, is the club that he probably uh, would want to play for if I was a pending free agent. It's probably the one that I'd pick as well, even though it hurts me to say that as a Frio fan, but now it comes down to the nitty-gritty of what exactly this deal is going to look like. Currently, as it stands, West Coast has three picks inside the top 33. Earlier in the year, Geelong said that they would love three top 30 picks for Tim Kelly. And West Coast's pick 14, pick 24, and pick 33 could maybe get a deal done. And I've said this multiple times before, I'd sacrifice them maybe over parting with any of the young kids on their roster. I do like the looks of Jared Brander. Xavier O'Neill, I think, was their first round pick from a year ago. Petrocelli looks great. Jared Cameron looks great. Oscar Allen looks great. So West Coast is really lucky with the plethora of young talent that they have. And they could use one of them maybe with a couple of other picks or do a pick swap with another team to get a draft pick higher up in the food chain. But it'll be very interesting over the next few days just to see what type of deal Geelong desires. The only other pick that West Coast has outside of those three that I've already mentioned is in the 60s, and you can always find diamonds in the rough come draft night, so I don't think it's too big a risk for West Coast to give up those early selections, but if there's a certain player that Geelong might be interested in, and it means that West Coast can hold on to maybe that pick in the 20s, and they can give up 14 and the 33 one instead, then that might make a bit of sense. We're going to see heaps of things go through the rumour mill throughout the next couple of days and obviously with the trade period kicking off next week it's going to be some big names move. There isn't too many noteworthy AFL players that are chasing a new club. Just quickly diving into some of the others, Tom Papley and Joe Danaher are probably the two other biggest names and them moving hinges on exactly what Danaher wants to do. So I'll probably do another episode Saturday, Sunday and then talk a little bit about some of the rumour mills and maybe make some picks of where I think players will land after the trade period. Second thing I want to talk about is Von Tez Berfick. So he is a linebacker for the Oakland Raiders, and he's been suspended for the rest of the 2019 season. If you don't follow the NFL, we're only four weeks into the season. It goes for 16 games. So this is the longest NFL suspension ever handed down for an on-field discretion. He was ejected last week from the game against the Colts after a helmet-to-helmet hit on Jack Doyle. And Fontes Berfick has a bit of a history of being a dirty bastard. And it's probably smart from the league's perspective to throw the book at him in this regard. The Raiders are a bit bummed. They really liked what Berfick brought to the team. And 
it looked like he was actually going to be a decent contributor, but I think the leagues make the right call. He has, a, like I said, a history of these indiscretions. He got a four-match ban for a hit on Antonio Brown. I know there was another four-game ban that he copped for a helmet-to-helmet hit. I can't remember who that was against, but back in his Pittsburgh days, but perfect, uh, his Bengals days rather, but perfect really, like he's shown time and time again that he can't control his white line fever, so you do have to wonder if he has a future in the NFL after this latest incident. Next up, let's discuss the NBA preseason. Now, I did tease uh, an article on the last episode that is taking me a little bit longer to structure, but that'll come out today, mark my words, that'll be live before I go to bed Thursday night. So that's going to address one player from every NBA team that I'm going to be watching this preseason. We've seen NBA Media Day. We saw JJ Redick, funnily enough, telling uh, Zion Williamson not to mess up his playoff streak. He's made the playoffs in every year of his career so far. And I do think the Pelicans could be a sneaky chance to sneak into one of those eight seeds. The West is ultra competitive, though, and it'll come down to how some of their other players play, rather like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball as well. There's been a lot of footage and a lot of uh, media hype around him, a lot of footage of his jump shot as well, which looks a little bit smoother, which is nice to see. Similar with Markel Foltz as well, who is another bloke doing the ringer through the media cycle at the moment, getting a lot of videos, photos, footage of him training with Orlando. I'm still a fan and hope that Markel Foltz figures it out, but NBA preseason, I think tomorrow or Friday American time, so probably Saturday Australian time, kicks off. We saw James Harden uh, dominate the Shanghai Sharks earlier in the week and display a new uh, one-legged running three-point jump shot. So anything's possible in season 2019-2020. So I'm going to ramp up my coverage for the NBA stuff, probably do a big sit-down with J-Lo next week sometime because the season is less than two weeks away. And just to discuss, maybe some make some picks on who we think could make the finals, a little bit of awards, some teams that interest it. But I'll do a big wrap-up, a big bonanza with J-Lo sometime before, season kicks off, before the season kicks off. Fourth thing I want to discuss, a little bit more NFL news. Tomorrow we'll see the Rams and Seattle Seahawks kick off Week 5 action. And this might be my favourite game of the week, to be honest. There's a couple of other teams on their buy as well, so make sure you make the necessary changes if you're an NFL fantasy coach. Miami Dolphins, I know, are definitely one team hitting the buy, along with the Detroit Lions. So if you need to make changes, make them accordingly. But yeah, the Rams and Seahawks matchup, in my eyes, is the matchup of the week. Two NFC West teams, I think, actually, from memory, both of them are sitting at three and one. Yeah, they are. And it's in Seattle, so almost a coin toss as to who is going to head into this game favoured. But I think I'm going to side with Seattle. I was a big fan of the Rams in the preseason, and I pumped up Jared Goff as a potential MVP candidate, but he has not looked anything like it early on. Granted, he's put up plenty of yardage, and he's moving the ball to where he needs to, but he hasn't been able to elevate himself into that upper echelon of quarterbacks. And that massive extension that the Rams gave him in the offseason to make him one of the highest paid players in the NFL doesn't look like the smartest investment at the moment. So maybe the LA Rams will just come out and show us why they made the Super Bowl last year and put one on Seattle. But I think I'm going to tip Seattle to get the W with a last second field goal. Finally, the fifth thing I want to discuss in the Fast 
five is my footy club making a, in my eyes, pretty good hire with Justin Longmuir. He's been announced as Frio's next head coach for the next three seasons at least. I thought maybe he deserves a little bit longer, but let's be honest, I don't think he can burn too many bridges in three years to not warrant a bit of an extension. But smart hire from the footy club. It's good to get a former player back to lead the boys. I listened to his entire 20-30 minute press conference and he seemed like a bloke who's very new to head coaching but he does have a lot of experience. He referenced learning a bit from Phil Walsh, Neil Danaher. He served under Adam Simpson and was part of the West Coast team when they made the grand final back in 2015 and then he's recently been plying his craft at Collingwood learning from Bucks. So I'm pretty content with the Longmuir hiring. Part of my gut wanted us, or I just got to stop saying us and we, but Part of me wanted the Dockers to hire a young coach to kind of have a bit of a malleable effect on the team, come in and implement things his way, have his own say in how things are going to go, and in a sense, kind of reshape the culture at the footy club. And he's said time and time again that this is a goal of his and something that he wants to achieve, and coaching at Fremantle is a life goal that he can tick off. So I'm excited. I'm really keen to see what Longmuir does with the rest of his coaching staff, who stays, who goes, if he can pull any other people that, and other tacticians of the game. Don Pike's a name that's been maybe floated around as a lead assistant. So time will tell exactly how the Dockers will structure the rest of their coaching staff. It's pretty obvious now that, barring anything crazy, they'll probably miss out on the Tim Kelly sweepstakes and Brad Hill and Ed Langdon already have one foot respectively out the door. So... I wrote a big NBA, a big AFL article talking about the questions that we needed answering this off-season, which you can check out at sportsbyfright.com. And I was saying that Brad Hill for pick seven and Ed Langdon for pick 22 is where Frio really should start the negotiations. And honestly, I would be pretty content if that's what they walked away with. That would give them four picks almost inside the top 25 and would be a nice foundation to help finish, potentially finish their rebuild. Hopefully... I have a little bit of faith in the list that we've built, and hopefully if we add some more young talent, get a couple of more games and pre-seasons under the belts of guys like Brayshaw, Adam Chera, um, other bits and pieces, you know, you need those complementary pieces on your list. But if we can do those things and Longmuir can build the right uh, culture and attitude at the club, then sky's the limit for the Frio Dockers. And that's all I got for this Fast Five. Thanks again for tuning in. Like I said, I'm going to be doing another one probably on the weekend. Talk a little bit about maybe there's be some more trending rumors in the AFL circles. NBA preseason will be underway, and I'll preview a big week five of NFL Sunday games. But thanks for listening to this podcast. Till next time. 